0: Y'all are listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave Incremental Render Rupert, and with me is Chris client-side core. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I don't like my name. <laughs> Sorry, I gave you the uh, less. That's okay. One. That's okay. The uh, And we got we got we got front of the show Fred on. What's up? Uh, what's happening, Fred? <laughs> Wait, What's my uh, new nickname?
0: Oh, uh, let's <laughs> <we'll> see. <laughs> I mean. I, I think you're, you're, I think you're oh. Fred server side shot. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right, let's go
2: <laughs> I feel like
1: that's it. Right.
2: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on.
1: Mm-hmm. We, you know, just as a, as a recap, uh, you know, I knew Fred from back in the, uh, Skypack days, which is their little like NPM thing, RIP, uh, where you could <laughs> link to stuff from NPM that was already kind of pre-built. It was very useful to CodePen, but that's okay. There's some, there's some successors in place now that are doing a good job with that and kind of don't blame you for uh, passing the torch on that one. And, the, and then before that, Snowpack, which is a, another one of those things that was before its time of like, I'm going to pull stuff from NPM, make your build process a little more efficient and stuff, was a genius thing but you have that you had for a while you had a bad habit of like <laughs> being a little ahead of the ahead of your time i think i've heard you say that before being
2: early is the same as being wrong it turns out yeah exactly yeah right yeah. and now
1: f- you know finally hit one hit you know through the dart at the at the bullseye with 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 astro uh not not too early not too late and have caught this swing towards you know what there's t- too much damn client side javascript let 's strip all that away, but it 's not because we hate javascript it 's because we can be more efficient with it, etc Astro being really a front runner in this that kind of next gen of of uh, i don 't know i guess javascript framework slash static site generator kind of things that embrace that yeah, so you don't
2: need next.js for everything is kind of the pitch like there are things you can explore other <laughs> there are <Yeah>.
1: other options
2: <laughs> there are other options bold <laughs> choice uh,
1: uh, bold statement bold uh, I always feel like I'm well suited to talk about it because I have, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the Astro and the Astro approach, and I've built some sites in it—not anything massive, but enough to know my way around and like love the concept of it. Like I, I, I can't with the writing (laughs) when I have to work on PHP sites and stuff. I do all the time, you know, my WordPress life. I just get so annoyed that it, it doesn't take the same component approach as JavaScript frameworks do. Any pick one, any of them. They're all better. I like the idea of <laughs> passing props around and having my prettier make it look nice and all that stuff. But don't like the fact that I'm forced into client side JavaScript. And Astro says, oh, you can use any of those if you'd like. <laughs> go, go yeah, ahead. that's
2: the pitch. Like, can we bring the modern component dev experience to a server side vibe? <laughs> to like a a Rails PHP. Um, Django kind of server rendered vibe. Yep, the exactly.
1: irony being that you're going to do that, and uh, to me, you're going to find that uh, just using Astro components is probably the way to go.
2: Uh, anyway. You would have no idea. You would not believe how many web components we started authoring as well, because if you just have this like HTML server language, like, well, why not just throw a little script tag and register a component now? That was yeah. a huge surprise for us on our own team, is like, web components are kind of fun to work with in Astro. And like, coming from the Polymer team, like, I say that with all the respect of what web components are, but, like, there's a kind of difficulty that is not there in Astro, I found.
0: Yeah, a lot of, like, Astro's innovation, I, I felt like was kind of the, like, you know, on load, like, render this late or do this late, you know, this is script only. Kind of by nature of a web component, right now, you can pre-render whatever, but, like, right now, they're kind of all late. <laughs> like they're all kind of all on load and they're all very small because you've like, you have the component lifecycle as part of the native platform. So you don't even come, it doesn't even come with an extra lib. It's just like purely web component.
2: So Yeah. yeah. And then of course they like, get react, Svelte view. They're all there for you to kind of, as soon as you want to dip into that world, create a react app and on the page. Well,
0: and um, yeah, that it, is almost one of the easiest ways to like even play. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I want to like spin up Svelte kit just, just to like play with Svelte or something like that. Like I can just like plunk us, whatever dots felt component in my Astro.
2: If I want Boom. So, Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to bring this up because I I, 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 before we're going to move past, I'm never going to remember. Chris, have I ever told you the first like interaction we ever had
1: ever had? Uh, you weren't aware of
2: it i don't think it was through another person i've either told you this story like five times and you're gonna be like fred shut up like you've told this Uh, uh, but um, i don't i can't remember now cassidy williams and i were um, at a conference together we were both speaking and my talk was on this was pika at the time um and it was talking about how pika was really like all the tech of yeah the bundling the skypack like all these tools that were playing around were really about this like idea of the great divide and i i've quoted you I, I slide with your post on it and um it was a big part of like why i found this work so interesting is because i saw this this move of complexity kind of encroaching and, and exactly what you put so well in that post it was like splitting our our community into the like javascript side and the everything else side um and so i was sitting with cassie after i gave my talk and she was like oh my god so cool i just like in our in our slack i just slacked chris um, mm. photo of you and he said oh cool awesome and I was like at that time in my career I was like oh my god Chris knows who I am I was like starstruck it was so funny and then uh, I was
1: waiting for it to be much worse than that be like no no I mean you weren't you aware my talk sucked or
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you ghosted me forever no this was like a degree of separation but I remember Having worked on that talk for a long time and, and thinking about this uh, this space and and your kind of article is very much a, a touchstone in that uh, nice. that vision. Yeah, yeah, Cassidy, that's great. Yeah, we worked together for a while. She was
1: at Codefin for a while. Maybe it was during those that period. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, uh, uh, let's. You know, there's some interesting astro stuff to talk about with 2.0 and stuff. Relatively recently, but uh, there's some other stuff we wanted to to get into too. Um, maybe we should do the TypeScript one. I think that's particularly juicy for the top of the show. It's been a, just this week. It's been a little dramatic. Probably thanks a little bit to, to Kent C. Dodds declaring it, declaring JavaScript dead. Uh, <laughs> or
0: you have to learn TypeScript or each, I think, where's his exact
2: uh, phrasing. Um, yeah, actually, I think it was that's a, a direct quote, right? Direct quote <laughs> yeah. from and a little bit unlike him, but
0: yeah, very nice guy. Kenzie dots came out a little hot. I think we were all surprised.
2: Uh, I've heard it before,
1: though. He's just kind of saying, "Look, it's one," so it. But but he was declaring it as an educator that he's going to not do education, unless you know, I think there was some kind of little caveat in there, but for the most part, he's like, he's just going to teach in TypeScript. That's been, you know, that's a little near and dear to my heart because I had to make those kind of choices at CSS Tricks too. Like when we publish an article, are we going to, is it just author's choice? Can they, can they assume post CSS? Can they just write it in less if they want to? And, you know, we probably made a weird call And that generally if somebody wanted to use SAS, that was okay, but we kind of drew the line there. And that nothing else, ideally you'd you'd do everything in just regular CSS because then it's applicable to anything. If somebody were to be using less, whatever, CSS is valid less too. They could use that or refactor it how they wanted to. And so picking a specific technology for education is tricky. And for a long time, I felt it was more in vogue to not use TypeScript because it was a significant hurdle. And I'll tell you, in my experience as a developer, you know, I, I have a memory of going to a hackathon once where we had an idea for a hackathon, but instead we just got TypeScript set up and we didn't even finish that and then we <laughs> all went home. And I was like, well, Was that it for was a charity? Huge failure. Please tell me
0: it was like for charity.
1: Because <laughs> that's exactly yeah. Oh, it was something for the city of Bend or something we were oh, trying good. to work on. Yeah. It. We didn't, yeah, we didn't get anything done. Public service and... But that was a number of years ago. It's since gotten a little bit easier, you know, and i have starting to soften my view on it a little bit. And because there's very little JavaScript that you write and certainly not none, don't quote me weird on it, but so much JavaScript gets processed anyway there's some something that it's going to go through. And to just like make TypeScript an additional one of those or have it be the thing that's processing your TypeScript, isn't that weird?
2: Yeah, and I think Kent's audience is very front-end focused. And yeah, any front-end tool that I'm aware of supports TypeScript with zero setup. That's very different than if you were like server-side node. Yeah, that's a whole extra step that you're then forcing your education content to require. Like you said, I can spend a whole day trying to set it up if you're not familiar. It's changed. Dino is just you don't even do anything.
1: You just ship the TypeScript. It's amazing. And we were looking at vtest the other day. It was kind of the same thing. Your tests are just .ts files. You don't even yeah. see .js files. You're like, holy crap, that's cool. The, the tide is changing a little bit and that w- the expectations for TypeScripts are, are a little bit better. I know it's near and dear to you because I, I, I believe I read in some of the Astro blog posts recently, maybe about the 2.0 release, that you've embraced it a little more heavily than you yeah. have in the past. So we could into that a little bit. Talk about it positively. I think you even retweeted Kent. So yeah, a little
2: implied endorsement there. (laughs) (laughs) I... I have a lot of thoughts on it. Yeah, I think, um, did you all see the state of JS survey uh, results on this exact question? Is Are you writing JS or We JS? did. We kind yeah. of tried to avoid it because it was like every
1: podcast in the world was covering it. And it's a little bit like, you know, it's it's dudes with extra
2: time on their hand that filled that yes, out. And the, we, yeah. No one talks about the, like, bias of that audience. But I do think that it is still in a state of JS survey to have the majority of people writing all 100% TypeScript or mostly TypeScript is... That, no matter what the bias, that's just, a, that's a wild stat to me. I, yeah, mm. I think there's got to be something there about, and, and it's a shame because it was the first time they were asked. So you can't compare the trend because I, at least then you didn't see the kind of momentum of that trend. But uh,
1: There's been other surveys in the past. Years ago, we were starting to see TypeScript be way higher up these type of surveys yeah, than you'd right. ever expect. You know, it was 50% or something three years ago. And you're like, w- w- wait, what? <laughs>
2: so yeah. Astro takes this really unique approach, which is, because we have our own kind of like Svelte review. We have like the dot .Astro component. So that's where you get to do all this cool, you know, it feels like HTML, but it actually is a component like uh, Reactor Svelte. So you get the, that's that's us drawing that kind of DX of modern dev with a, a HTML templating language where we're combining those two things. But there's this place in an astro component where you can write server side code that's going to run on the server and we give you that as like you know essentially this little hey go write your code here the what's fences. really unique about yeah. astro is that yeah the code fences exactly and what's unique is that that is that is typescript it's not like oh you can opt in or opt out it is it is typescript it is always on typescript and we get away with that and like if if anyone listening is like oh i hate typescript turn it off like Typescript is a superset of JavaScript. So because we're handling all the like the logic of that, the building, the bundling, the, the transpiling, if you just want to write JavaScript, you can actually do that. Like, it will fully be supported. You set your TS config settings on low. We'll default to that for the people who don't want it.
1: That's true and great. But what about, like, th- that always seemed conceptual to me. It's like, yes, it's a superset. But it's so encouraged that you have, like, no implicit any turned on and, like, your lint stuff. So, like, that right away, then it's not. Because all your JavaScript is a bunch of any everywhere and it starts bitching
2: at you. So, no, it's actually not, you know? Yeah, yeah no. No, that's, it's, it's kind of on us to then actually practice what we preach there. Like there's a, in our setup in our create Astro kind of, you know, to get started, NPM create Astro is how we push you. There's a question there. Do you plan to write TypeScript? And that's uh, how we kind of ask it. If you say yes, you're going to get the strict settings, any warnings, all that stuff. If you mm-hmm. say no, we're going to give you like the most out of your way settings. Yeah. You implicit anys, go for it. Like whatever you want to do. Our goal would be that if you saw a red squiggly due to some sort of TypeScript only thing, that would be a, a bug. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's the line we're trying to walk. It's it's tough. It's it's not perfect, but that's the line we're trying to walk. If you don't like TypeScript, you're never even going to notice that it's it's actually TypeScript behind the scenes. Yeah, that's nice. You are you
1: are on a weird tightrope because there's the code that you write as Astro contributors that should just almost definitely be TypeScript because you're going to get all this safety crap of it and then as I consume your APIs I get all the cool stuff like what does this function need and that like DX experience is absolutely better but you're also authoring a thing that's saying now please write code for (laughs) us which is a different kind
2: of situation. So this is much more fast. This is where I think this all heads. Actually just was, I was at JS World Conf um, last week in Amsterdam, gave a talk. I I don't think it's public yet. Maybe that by the time this comes out. Um, Mm -hmm. The whole talk was on like if JavaScript is eating the world, that was like the meme of 10 years ago. TypeScript is eating the world. It's like the meme of right now. What we're seeing now um, is TypeScript APIs, like type safety seems to be the thing that's coming next. And what I find so interesting about, so what I mean by that is like the big feature we launched in Astro 2.0 was when you're working with markdown, we're actually going to give you a type safe API. So you put a typo in your like markdown that you're fetching it from, you're going to get an error. If you um, say, give me you know, the blog post dot title and you misspell it or title doesn't exist, like we're mm-hmm. actually type checking all of that so that you don't get that weird like undefined not found error. It's actually like if one of your markdown posts doesn't have the property you expected, we will warn, we will error. We will tell you exactly where to look. A little look.
1: trade-off, though. Does that mean I have to write a schema? <laughs> Which, yeah, exactly. it's exactly. a
2: little bit of extra onus on me. But um, you don't have to, but to get that you feature, you yeah, to. You're basically saying, okay. like, I will give Astro a schema, and then it'll verify at the file level so that you can then trust that it's there when you go into the template. And
1: is this, is, is schema the right word? I just said that, but is it yeah, actually no, a TypeScript type? type? It.
2: Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, It's this really cool library called Zod. So this is where I think this all goes, because closing this loop, closing the circle is that you don't actually have to write any TypeScript still in this story. You're using this library called Zod. You're using our APIs. We're doing the work to hook it all up with TypeScript for you. So even the user who never wants to write TypeScript is still going to get that type safety, the autocomplete, the, as they start Mm. typing the collection name, they're going to get the drop down of, you know, here's the API documentation. Here's what's expected. Um, There's all this really cool power and you never actually have to write TypeScript to get it. That's, I think, where this goes is is starts to bring type safety, regardless of whether you write TypeScript or not.
1: So I've been hearing a lot about this Zod, partially from y'all, because you're like, look, Zod, but more than you, just you are talking about it. <laughs> I cannot wrap my freaking head is around Zod
2: it. Is Zod powered by Zig? <laughs> <laughs> Zod is, you know that XKCD graph where there's like all, you know, the entire internet powered by, and then there's this one little one brick, brick in the middle. Yeah, like the CoreJS
0: guy just cited that. Yeah. But. <laughs>
2: Zod is that brick. Um, okay. All these cool projects. So our typescript uh, or sorry our type safe markdown um trpc is another project um god i'm blanking on that. a tan stack router might there there's all these projects that use this because it lets you create a schema using a typescript api or sorry a javascript api but then it auto generates the types for you automatically so you can basically get the type information from the code that you wrote the schema that you wrote See, yeah, i'm into i'm into auto types i like here's kind of broader
0: speaking, right? When y'all talk about DX, oh, I'm getting DX, dude. Like, you mean Visual Studio Code powered by Microsoft.
2: I'm picturing you skateboarding across the screen. DX, dude, radical. DX, yeah. <laughs> like... Um, no, no, I don't think that's true. We just had WebStorm support um, launched. The uh, JetBrains team launched that. Um, it is like you need a good IDE, but even Vim, we have a... Uh, Primogen has been beating that thing out of, you know, Making sure that the Vim support works. Like, we have a lot of different editors supporting Astro. Okay. So,
0: like, so you're typing and stuff like that. That's going to cascade to other editors. Cause a lot of times I, I hear it used in the like, oh man, it helps me in Visual Studio Code. I get a little box that pops up and that's great. And my question is, what happens when Microsoft or whoever becomes a bad guy? and they release a sentient uh, AI search engine that is, like, threatening to kill people. Have you all
2: seen that stuff Is wild. I know that's that's what I'm saying. Oh, my (laughs) God. That stuff of, like, why do I have to be Bing? I don't want to be Bing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, (laughs) it has an existential
0: crisis. Like, how long until my co-pilot has that exact same experience? (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. I, I guess, like, why is there not a push to figure out the standard Microsoft proposed type annotations like last year. And then they updated the repo for that in May and then ghost town. Like why is why is there a push to use TypeScript and not like standardize some type annotations at the TC 39 level? That's a good question.
2: I I don't have the, I, I have been in open source for a long time, but I'm actually a pretty terrible, like standard participant. I've, from from inside of Google, from outside of it, like it's just a very slow process that I don't think it's as easy as, you know, just do that. Like if we took a big bet on a stage one proposal that then changes dramatically when, before stage two and then again before stage three, um, it's really hard to rationalize that when we have people using TypeScript happily over the last 10 years. I, I think this innovation pushes that. I think that is always going to be the slower moving target. And I think kind of in a way that's actually really good, like it's healthy that that moves slower.
0: But are we on a crash course just like import require, where it's like, well, Node has it, so it's good. Like you know, like where because that mm. was your whole job, right? Import
2: require for <laughs> that like was five the, years, right? Eko Snowpack Skypack was just that one. That was that one point. job,
0: right? Like so, <laughs> exactly. for five years, you struggled with this design choice, this industry movement, you know, and you combated that. Is are we doing that again with TypeScript? specifically i don't know that's a good question
2: yeah yeah, that's a good question it's hard to say because that standard i think is a year old and i think the only thing i ever push back on is if someone says this should have like typescript never should have happened it should have gone through standards and i think that's always the wrong way to approach it because to push things through standards you need a lot of buy-in and it's really hard to get buy-in for an idea without seeing it like you need to almost like show people typescript to get them to realize like oh this actually is something I want. Like, I remember, I actually, we were really early. I was at, so one of my first jobs was at Box, and there was this huge philosophical, like, battle happening, which was that we were introducing Node to the front-end team. And it was like a coup. It was like, what do you mean front-end developers are going to be writing server-side code? That's not how we do things. And it was like, and you're going to be running JavaScript, that toy language on a server? The back-end team was literally pushing that we retrain, like, essentially 30 web developers on Scala, because they were so scared of running JavaScript mm. on the on the server. Well,
0: we know Scala scales; it's right in the name, you know.
1: Scala. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and, and anyway, I bring like TypeScript. Actually, at that point, was brought up as a like compromise. Like, okay, well, why do you like Scala? Type safety. Okay, what if we brought type safety to JavaScript? Eh, okay, maybe that could like that was kind of the middle path there. But um, even then, there was like a lot of distrust on our team. It was like, oh my god, are you going to basically just like force JavaScript to have types? You are going to like turn javascript into scala like there's no way that's going to be a good dx there's no way anyone's going to want that this is going to be this like compromise where everyone's unhappy um and now 10 years later that's like very funny to me because i use typescript and love it but at the time if you told me types in javascript i bet most people would have said hell no keep that away from me um as people still do um today about that problem i think you need to show people show people the light a little bit if that is Prove it, basically, and then if people like it, then they'll want it in the standard. Like that's that's the best path for standards in my mind.
0: Oh, my dog's mad.
2: basic um, <laughs> that's uh, somebody, Scala, yeah. probably. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that was either TypeScript or Scala. I, 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 what I like about TypeScript, I will say, is it's a very minimal grammar that you apply to get types in JavaScript, right? I, I do sort of question like, is everyone just writing T any like all over the place just because they don't know how to do it? Or like, we were, you're just trying to get the machine to stop griping at you? TypeScript, more like gripe script, right? Am I right? Um, <laughs> but like, we could, uh, you know, there's, there's also other routes like JS doc, right? Like, you can, you can like specify types in JS doc or something like that, you know? But, you know I'm very good at writing bad j s docs, so I don't think that's actually <laughs> super <laughs> uh i I can do it theoretically I am doing it theoretically, but I don't think it's great uh but like type uh, js doc doesn't introduce another set of tools it doesn't put another compiler in the compile chain it doesn't you know like why aren't we pushing for stuff like that
2: yeah i I mean i think you're you're talking to someone who likes building tools without permission so you're, you're getting you're getting my bias in this but i think that is exactly why letting typescript flourish is powerful because it shows it's undeniable i think that users want to be writing typescript over js doc if they wanted to write js doc they'd be writing js doc like you have this like will of the people that is being expressed through this love of typescript that i think you can ask that question of why don't they want to write js doc why is typescript a better sell um but you know plenty of resources over like 20 years now have been put into js doc it's not a question of like if only we just added this feature or that it's i think a much more fundamental js doc isn't delivering i think it's red squiggles yeah People
1: love their red squiggles, man. I want to be told when there's a little piece of code that ain't right.
2: And that delivers on that experience. That's just... Did JS doc have that support? I'm trying to remember if I ever had that. Like, ESLint would read your JS doc and complain if... I don't know. It might have complained about the JS doc, but not in the usage of the function it was documented. Yes, right, right,
0: right. Yeah, I think, like, you know, you can do TS check or whatever in your file you know and get like type checks like for
2: free or whatever oh my god refactoring with typescript is such a dream compared to stuff i used to do where it's like okay i hope i can find and replace this and you know it's dot name it's like damn it (laughs) that's like you find that across your code base there's a thousand dot names you're never going to be able to do it but typescript you know you get the red squiggly when you do rename something it really helps. It's just it's uh, it's
1: unbelievable. It, we definitely don't have as glowing of an experience of it so far at CodePen. I'm very on the fence of whether this slow transition we're in has been worth it so far because the the pain has been so flipping high. It is. I feel like it's a little different in React land because when you make a component a TSX file and then just you know you just have a div in there with some extra. stuff props or whatever the, uh, the, the, the type that you need to apply to that document is some kind of unholy union of a react provided type and a special DOM type and any additional oh crap God. you have to add to it. I'm like, what is the
2: value of this incantation? Can I just, if if we're doing script, I, I got my mm-hmm. gripes for sure. The yeah. worst thing is when you have to change the code you're writing for TypeScript. So I can't sue function, my function name. I have to do const my function name equals mm. function because oh, that's out. the only way I can type the function. <laughs> (laughs) Oh my god. Oh I need it (laughs) so much. (laughs) <laughs> if I wanted to do cons, my function—you have to like oh, refactor a whole
0: like API to like export so chunks much. just to test them and jest or yes. whatever.
1: Yeah, there is a philosophy I like that, that Alex and I team says a lot is that 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 your tool should always work for you, which seems simple, but it's very easy to get into that mindset of once you have a tool implemented that you start working for the tool, that you start making all these choices in your code to appease this tool choice that you made without stopping to reevaluate. Oh crap! I'm all of a
2: sudden I working for this machine because you need to stop at that moment there's absolutely the typescript way to write certain code yeah absolutely you end up changing how your brain how you write javascript to to match how typescript thinks about your code
1: i've found it harder than learning a new language as somebody who's already writes a bunch of javascript really but So far, I mean, yeah, especially because I just had this journey of learning go, which I found largely pretty simple as a you know, like the syntax is a little weird, but it's typed too, but it's just there's just not that many intricacies of the you know it's just, yeah it's just, once you get go, it it's, we're pretty happy yeah, with it.: It's fine. And then, and then to learn TypeScript already knowing JavaScript, (laughs) it's been like, wait, what?
2: So it's not a new language. You have to change what you think about an existing language. Yeah, I can see how that. Okay. I get, I get what you're saying.
1: I took courses for the first time in my life. I'm very much a learner. Just like, I don't know, download the repo and let me just play around with it. Oh yeah, I get it. You know, like that. I think that's how so many of us learn. And for once in my life, I had to like, you know, get a course and like stare at the course to, to wrap my my brain around it
0: well i so one more question is typescript solving a problem or a symptom it like is the problem like oh man i don't know what the data is or is the symptom i have too much javascript and this that's the problem. Like oh, now that's you're the speaking actual my problem. I, you know what I gotta say. <laughs> so what what is does it solve a problem or does it solve a symptom of the larger problem? We just have way too much JavaScript.
2: Because it's it's funny. I think what Astro says is like, yes, we have a lot of JavaScript, and it's our job to ship less of it to the client. It's not that the fact that you have a big code base is the issue. So I think it speaks to the fact that we're building more and more complex things with JavaScript, with our code, with our websites, like. The fact that websites are getting more complicated, I think, is somewhere between inevitable and at the very least, like, a neutral thing. Like, I don't think it's bad that that's happening. Um, but I think what what we see is, like, well, then you can't just ship that whole code base to the client. That's going to be slow load time, slow performance, slow interaction. Like, that's where we see the issue is. Not that code bases are getting too complex, but more that, like, we can't just naively ship all that complexity to the user and have them deal with it. So. I don't know. I think maybe that's one and the same. Like, if it is inevitable that the web is getting more complex, we need to evolve our tools. And the idea of an untyped language, again, if you want to keep using, it, I'm not saying you know if you don't like TypeScript, you have you must learn it, or you know your I like family will be kidnapped from you. My variables, <laughs> but, I love coercing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that it's it's it's. I think I think TypeScript is the symptom. It is the symptom of more complexity, and now we are looking for tools that will deal with that. And you know, with a JS doc. Doc was good, but it never really solved the same problems um, to the degree that TypeScript does for me.
1: I like how you characterize the will of the, the people a little bit. It's like pe- people do what they want to do, and then you can observe that phenomenon. You yeah, know, like it, oh my it, god. It, like, if JSDoc was so great, people would w- would be doing it. You know, for the most part, that's true. You know, if nobody's using your tool, it's, it's probably not. I always thought about this with blog posts, too. It's like nobody has this amazing blog that nobody reads like if your blog <laughs> right. is amazing pe- the people will find it and read it yes. you know
2: yeah a hundred percent I mean you will lose your mind in the open source game if you don't understand the will of the people because and I think if you don't understand what your goals are like a big thing is like uh, you know Ryan Carniato is someone who I really respect is like you know the creator of SolidJS and he like he worked on Marco like there are these incredible ideas in those projects and like Marco 10 years ahead of its time I think but never really got that adoption and I think that to look at that as and just say oh like the people were wrong is missing the point of like there was something there that didn't connect with people even though those ideas were incredibly ahead of their time like yeah that's how we started talking about this like right. being early is the same in, as being wrong and that is, is genuinely yeah
1: startup people get it you know like if you go to Y Combinator or whatever crap they're going to tell you that right away your little startup should not be typescript right away it should be a freaking woofo form <laughs> that says, do you want this? And then you validate the idea or whatever. Or, you know, startups should be a landing page, you know, that that kind of validates that this thing is desirable in some way and you move along from there. I, I've always had a hard time with that. You know, I, I I have a hard time even doing, pro, you know, planning because I'm just like, yeah, you know what we need? You know, we get together and talk about it. we need this, this and this. And I'm like, immediately after the meeting, I'm like, Cody, code, 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 code. You know, that's what <laughs> we need, that, which is usually not what a project deserves. You know, it needs a little more planning and thinking about and prioritization. and all. And that. I
2: think people hear this and they think like, oh, my God, like the only way is to like there should still be room for people to go and experiment and just build things because they want it. And like, yeah, this is not at all a doctrine that everyone must follow. I think it's just, you need to know which one, which path are you going down? Are you trying to get users? In which case you really need to understand what users want. There's another world where you can just go and build something because I want to see this thing. God damn it. This is what I want in the world. I don't Mm. care about anyone else. Like that is also a valid path. And I think we need both of those sides of the coin. One for understanding what people want and one for pushing the web forward in really interesting ways that people might not even know that they want.
1: So let's do a little bit, a little bit of more Astro stuff would be interesting. I found an interesting angle that you've had is that you, somewhat recently, it seems to me at least, I've been a little more comfortable with telling people the what what it's good for and not good for. Kind of leaning into the content angle for Astro more so, that like for content sites, Astro is this really good idea, and that if your thing is like a, whatever, fancy financial dashboard or something that's just absolutely constantly real time at all time and benefits from client rendering stuff, that that perhaps blasphemy, Astro is not the right choice. I find this rare in the world of, of technology things. Companies, they don't want to tell you what they're not good at. They'd prefer to tell you that they're good at everything. Do you find it like risky and uncomfortable to tell the world (laughs) what
2: things your thing isn't good at? I, yeah, it is, it is a very tough exercise to say this is maybe not the right choice for you. Um, I think it is also one of our biggest strengths that we're able to say that. I think it's once you almost, once you say it out loud and like, it's almost like a fear of like losing something, but like, once you say it out loud and once you start saying it, it actually becomes really intoxicating to be like, this is what we're good at because then we're, no one else is saying we are good at this and maybe not for this. You end up, I think, signaling to the world that like we are a better choice for content than the thing that's saying it's good at everything. Cause we're able to make trade-offs that uh, a Next.js, a remix as felt kit aren't willing to make. They aren't able to make trade-offs for the content site because they need to be um, for everyone. And I think the web has gotten to this point where, there should be multiple options. It's not just one hammer is going to build every site. I think there are different sites, different requirements, and different trade offs that Astro is able to kind of enter the world in, in a way that no one else is doing right now. So it's difficult. It definitely wasn't easy to say that. But once you start saying it, it almost becomes impossible to, to go back.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, you broke the ice a little bit. So it's cool. You just got to be awful careful because it it'd be, it would be hard to walk that back a little bit be like to have your especially like the ceo t- telling people it's not good at something because part of it like i hear it, i'm like oh, i don't know i would build a dashboard at astro it's not that bad you know it's not like you can't do it i don't know and then you get the ssr for free and stuff
2: like part of me is like no don't say that it's fine for that. <laughs> so you'd be surprised i i think it remains to be seen how difficult it is to change that impression i think it'll always be our focus though but like um, to, For example, we started with uh, SSR, or yeah, we started without SSR support. It was just that, like, it was like 11D versus Hugo versus Astro. It was kind of like the original.
1: Uh, uh, this is always a weird distinction for me, but I get what you're saying. It's not, Astro d- originally didn't have SSR, even though I bucket in static sites with SSR. Like, to yes, me, it is yes. SSR. But it's, what you're saying is it's not like on the fly SSR.
2: What you do have now we do have now, exactly. And that was always, I think people still think that we're this 11D-like tool or Hugo-like tool, right. but really now we are much more competitive with Next.js. If you wanted to have something that responded on the fly, checked a database, an API on every request you can. Um, I think it remains to be seen how easy that transition is, but it is possible for sure. We are making that transition. I think we can do it again. I I see our like focus as very much like, listen, we're a new tool. We, we want to make trade-offs. We want to start here and on day one, we didn't know even the map. It was like, you know, playing like Age of Empires, right? Like the whole thing is is fogged out. There's a fog of war. We don't know what this is going to look like a year from now or two years from now. But as of right now, we need to make these trade-offs. It's why no one else has built anything like Astro before. Um, maybe in the future, there's a way to have our cake and eat it too. Maybe we can do some really cool stuff. There's shared element transitions API is really cool. Um, the work that Solid Start, the Solid.js team is doing with island routing um, in what you would traditionally think is as an spa but they're doing something with islands that's really fascinating yeah. um as we start to explore as that fog of war is lifted over what this you know mpa style um application looks like i think there's a lot of room to hold on maybe that trade-off doesn't have to be as as abrupt as as kind of you know maybe it can be more subtle
0: yeah i i'm in the like, I'm I'm building a Nuxt app, I'm pretty happy in Nuxt, you know, but I'm doing server-side rendering, right? And so when, now I'm, like, in server-side render town, uh, I actually kind of, like, don't want the client part, you know, like, unless I need it, and sort of in the, in and then, you know, I was kind of lamenting in the Discord, I was like, oh, man, it'd be cool if Astro had that server, the node, like a node server, and some, I think Andrew Walpole was like, yeah, it does, actually. And I was like, oh, well, now Astro is much more competitive <laughs> in my, in the application yeah, space. But
2: there you go. That's that perception is hard to, to, shake. Hard to shake a year of our life without that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I just, you know, it was, you know, and I try to follow stuff pretty quickly and I, you know, and I just kind of assumed y'all were kind of more on the ISR, you know, train, you know, mm. like, you know, serverless on demand building and stuff, which I think you also do. But, um, but I, I think, you know, that's, I think what's missing, you think, you t- we kind of talked about web components or whatever, but, you know, like with web components, with like being kind of okay now, um, with um, multi-page applications, uh, the the kind of shift now to server-side, right? Like there's been a big in the React community is particularly, there's been this talk about sh- more shifting to like server-side rendering, SSR, like having a node server. Um, you know, I think for me, it like restructures what I need out of my tooling. If that's like what's the case, you know, it's like maybe I don't need like a JS framework to do my components because the browser can do that. Maybe I don't need a JS component to handle my routing because like files do that. And maybe I just get these multi- these view transitions kind of linked up, and and maybe that's starting to look good. You know, like I, I'm just. I'm rethinking it and Astro is kind of in like my S tier on like tools that like I think are suitable for this next wave of web
2: development. So uh, So here's what's why I don't think anyone gives enough credit to like just how dramatic the React like changes right now. Like the server components thing, it's not a feature, it's a full reimagining of what React is. And essentially what they're trying to do is they're trying to now mimic Astro in React, basically, like, can we have something that, because again, talking about tradeoffs, Astro's power is that it only runs in the server. So this whole, like, oh, how do you do, like, top level await? How do you, like, you all this stuff that the React team is now trying to, like, retroactively add to the React language, So we can call it a language, I think, at this point, like. All of that work is just, we were able to build that in for free because Astro was designed from the start to run on the server. So uh-huh. talk to your database in that inside the code fence, right? Talk to a fetch API. There's no like, oh, well, what happens? Suspense, like what happens while this is low? Like it's just, it is a server language. So we assume the server. Um, and what React is having to do is they're actually trying to build that exact same story into a language that was already written for an entirely different set of trade-offs, managing client state, managing, you know, user interactivity, like, they i don't i think they probably they must acknowledge this internally but i don't think they're externally acknowledging just how huge this is they're essentially building a new framework within the existing framework and trying to migrate everyone without anyone really noticing yeah and i think if we've seen anything over the last year with next 13 and, and the new react kind of how that was launched and there, there's still kind of just issues with it people don't seem very happy so far that might change but I think we're starting to see the wheels come off a bit in terms of like, all right, people are going to have to address that this isn't a simple transition. This is a huge, let alone if it'll even work, will this actually be thrashy to users? And I think we're starting to see that thrash.
0: Yeah, I, I saw uh, View Nation, Evan Yu is talking about a, building a new rendering engine for Vue called Vapor, which I don't know why he picked that. <laughs> he ran out of V words, maybe? <laughs> it does maybe? sound like Vaporware. <laughs> That's not the one you want to pick. Uh, but uh, Vapor, which is like, Basically, a server side. Like, if you know there's not like state and stuff, like you can like hit a huge fast path for rendering. But it's a totally different renderer for a view component. And I just anyway, it's just really it's it's interesting to see that trend, you know. And and I find myself that way in like in my Nuxt app. It's like I I use these client only tags, which is like a feature of Nuxt, which you know probably similar to Astro's kind of client load I think they might have grabbed that from us which I I would I would hope they did it's a great feature they had no SSR and it kind of worked and um but anyway um but yeah so like client only and I have a few of those but now I'm just like that's kind of the only ones I want like I only want a few client only's you know like and it I think they're gonna do the. Dave,
2: it sounds like you should be using Astro. Just by the way, the, your favorite feature of Nuxt is the feature that they took from us. You <laughs> like when it doesn't have the client side code. Like this, this feels like a good use case for Astro. Well, it's
0: it's been it's been a drunken ramble to get here, <laughs> right? Like five different architectures and stumbling in the dark. You know, at first it was like we need a client side thing because we are. Going jam stack, baby. You know, that was version one, you know, and then it was like, okay, well,
2: picture of the skateboard again, yeah,
0: nah, yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, totally jamming. And then, <laughs> you know, then it was like, oh, okay, we, we have these big pieces of node, right? So we have to like get a node server, and then we have a jam stack and a node server, and then it was just like, let's just do a node server. And now we have five node servers, but whatever turbo repo. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have five node servers all talking happily together. I, I think like it's it's been a journey, but now it's like now I'm on node and I'm server rendering. Like I would honestly I it would be cool if I had something that was like built for server rendering, right? Like this is what it does. It it I want the rails of <laughs> JavaScript, which has been people have been talking about for two decades I feel like but
2: I mean yeah. I think that's again talking about trade-offs yeah that's we want the exact same thing like the idea of at Next.js and, and SvelteKit and Remix they're all like can we like isomorphically like it's like it's a spa it's a back end it's like pretend it doesn't exist pretend it's all one big thing it's one big app and we're gonna all that complexity like we'll do our best to hide it but you know I think at the end of the day it's impossible to hide I think what Astro very much is and this was a huge huge kind of unknown for us at the time was like is this idea of having a server side component like dot astro and then still having to use a uh, you know view a dot view component on the front end we're teaching users that they have to use two different languages one for the server one for the client that's like there's a world where that's a really bad use i think that's actually what the react team kind of hammers us for the most is like react server components that like use one language across the server and the client and we were like always really worried about like damn it like are we are we really are we doing our users a disservice by forcing them to do this two languages versus one but seeing what it means to actually do isomorphic react everywhere i actually like this better i think the idea that i have to go scroll up to the top of my file to find Mm. use client versus use server like there are implications there are things you can do when that exists and there are things you can't do when that doesn't exist um i think i said that right yeah, it's it's you're in two different modes of thinking. It's two different. Like, in one world, you have the database. They're not really two different
1: languages, though. They're just in two different places. They're both JavaScript, right?
2: Yeah, but like, the idea of... I mean, .astron and .view are similar, but they're different. And I think hmm. what I'm seeing now is that the server-side React and client-side React, if they're going to bring this into this, like, building into the framework, this idea of use client versus use server, that's two different languages also. In one world, you can talk to the database, and one you can't. And That's going to have real big implications. Again, I think that's actually a bigger conceptual weight on you is, am I writing server JSX or am I writing client JSX? And I can't tell by the file I'm in unless I scroll to the top. Mm. That's going to be a huge issue for React developers that, again, I think they're just starting to see this thrash coming to focus. I'm trying to wrap my... For one thing, though, it would be interesting to know what you're...
1: I can't speak perfectly intelligently about all the time, but I I was looking back to a conversation. How part of the like React dunking that's been happening lately was people kind of raising their hands about about times when the React team reached out to them and gave them a little, if not a hand slap, a little corrective behavior about how you should talk about React.
2: Like calling
0: their bosses to get them fired level. I,
2: that is a I, I I was trying to be like a reporter with that and I realized I might have like given it a little, I, I've heard disputed accounts since No, then. let me
0: pundit in. you be just a good guy.
2: I'll, I'll be <laughs> I'm, the, just <laughs> tried, I'm just a journalist. I'm like, my sources say that the React team has reached out. I, I've heard some disputed accounts of that. I, I think it's. Um, well, I got yeah, one. But, uh, I'll yes. raise my
1: hand. I got a little corrected at one time on some stuff and it wasn't. Oh, there you go. It All was, right. uh, you know, but, well, the, it, it partially it was just the the nature of journalism, not that CSS Tricks was a journalistic source necessarily, but I p- published a little something about React server components and got some reach outs about like, mm, you should talk about it in this way instead kind of thing. And I was like, I'll, you know, I'm a, I am do what I want, you know,
2: <laughs> <Chris> <laughs> but Corey it was can't be bought.
1: <laughs> one of the things that I think I criticized a little bit, it was like the communication bus between the server component and the React component it, it was isn't in some invented syntax. So when a React server component, at least at the time, and this is probably a couple of years ago, would talk to React on the front side, they invented that that mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. It's not JSON. It's not HTML. It's just something. And I always thought that was like a little weird because. How many times do you as a developer look at the network tab, look at the network request and just try and figure out what the hell's going on? Like I do it with my GraphQL sometimes to be like what okay, what was what query was sent, what was returned? I need to like look at the actual network traffic to understand sometimes what's going on. And it weirded me out just a little bit that I'm like, "Oh, what's being sent is is I don't even know what this is." That might be okay cuz it's 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 a framework talking to a framework. Like, I'd, I don't know, I don't know if in some way it's not, it was never meant for a human to, to look at, but it still weirded me out a little bit. And, you know, it was kind of pushed back on that that would even matter. But it does, regardless of whether that's a good or bad idea, it is kind of interesting. I'm curious, what, what does Astro generate when, like, if I want to Something to happen on the server, and then I want the server to tell the front end something has happened, and I want you to re-render. React it was actually and is actually kind of good at that, right? It will it will surgically replace in the DOM the thing that has changed, right? And I'm kind of imagining if Astro's in on this game at all, that what what Astro's going to get back is probably the HTML, right? And probably like all
2: the HTML. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's a perfect example of where we see like Astro is the server rendering component. It is a way to render the final HTML, um, do all your data loading in its kind of server like code slot and then decide what you want to do with that. So it's kind of up to you. Um, but the big power of it is, yeah, the idea that you can actually put a component as an island on the page. So you can put that React component that you want. You can pass it the props of the server data you just loaded. It'll get serialized down. Um, but we're pretty much like handing that off to that component. So once that's passed to the component, it's just going to render on the client side. You're now fully in client side world. Um, so there's none of this like yes, yeah, like once the page is generated, Astro is pretty much done. It closes the you know socket. It closes the response, and and that's it. It's up to you what you want to do with that. Then we've hooked it all together. We've given you the components. Um, yeah, you, know, you now have your page rendered. But um, there's no yeah the complexity of we're actually going to keep rendering your interactive interactivity with a server. I think that's fundamentally not the right way to build a website because then every interactive experience you have is waiting for a network connection. Mm-hmm. Um, Quick runs into this problem too, like the idea of like, oh, it's a, it's a framework that can kind of hydrate only the things that you need it to. So when you go to click the button, it's going to load that interactive moment the code needed to run that button click. That's like, that's the worst. You don't want to load the code right as you click it. You want that code to have loaded way ahead of time. Mm. Um, like there's, I think there's a lot of cleverness happening right now in the ecosystem, but I think it's still to be proven if what the cleverness buys you, um, is it actually a good thing to be clever? Yeah,
1: I feel that. I feel that because it's kind of, uh, e- even an astro, it's like, oh, I'm going to make a one decision to use React on one component that's an island and then say, for example, only load it when it's visible or something. Clever, Nice. But <laughs> as soon as that one component is visible, then it loads all of React. So it's like, okay, well, that wasn't very efficient.
2: I'm so glad you're calling that out because we have our own version of this for sure. I think one of the things that we always like feel so clever, it's like, oh, you can have React, Preact, Solid, Svelte, View all on the same page. No indication of whether that's a good idea or not. It's probably not. Um, unless you're really being smart about like the micro front ends approach, um, yeah, I think that is some symptom that we all. Right.
1: Unless it's all server side rendered, and then who cares, right? It's just irrelevant.
2: Yeah, exactly. Or that. I will say that React is the worst offender there. Like Svelte, React, Vue, everyone's done such a good job of getting their runtime small. Um, React is really the only team that seems totally disinterested in the small runtime problem because they're, again, if you think about what they're building, they're building something. They probably would not say this. I see them very much as building Angular, they're building a the thing that you buy in fully into and then it gives you all this power, but you need to be a react. It's so funny. They spent so much
1: time trying to tell you that that's not what they're doing.
2: <laughs> Just a view library. You, know, you, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain, to become Uh-oh. Angular.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, good.
2: <laughs> I listened to a podcast with a quick
1: person. I forget his name. I think it was a dude. On uh, And the one thing, he, one criticism he Leveraged at React is that it's not so much that their runtime is particularly big because it's some what forty or forty-four k or something like that, and you know I'll, I know that forty-four k of JavaScript is. You know, it's not the same as a 44k JPEG. It's much more memory intensive and mm-hmm. requires parsing and rendering and all that stuff. But still, to me, 44k isn't that particularly that bad. But it's. But he, what he was saying is that it's not 44k though. Generally, it's 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 probably a couple hundred of k because your JavaScript apps are not, They're never just React. They're React and all your components and all the, whatever the CSS and JS thing you picked and all that stuff is your react app is no way it's going to be that small
2: yeah i think what quick gets right is very much what astro is trying to get right as well which is this idea of like it's more about the way that you think about your app that matters like react is going to push you into component component js j like css and js the idea of all your css should be js like take the dx of that aside like that's you're putting your style in the most expensive like way to deliver it which is this code that needs to be parsed executed like It's a way of thinking that is very problematic at scale. Um, Man, I wish that would come to head. Maybe Dave knows more about it, but I I thought
1: we had just gotten rid of that one. Like I get that (laughs) some people like the DX of CSS and JS, which I always tried to call CSS and React because every other JavaScript framework has a solution to this. So it's not really CSS and JS, it's CSS and React. I'll die on that hill that it's just a bad idea. Like you said, it's putting it into the most expensive like rendering path or whatever. But then web components, people tend to be like, yeah, but... It's not the worst idea. For web components, putting your putting CSS in a template literal is actually good or something.
2: Yeah, everyone, that everyone wrong? as soon as they do something, and as soon as you do something yourself, it's actually good. But if someone else does it, it's bad. I, <laughs> I can't speak to that. I don't know. But I think it's more just that's the React way of thinking is, oh, yeah, that's fine. Who cares about the JS performance? And then... A million components later, you have a site that won't load. Yeah, I think there's something very kind of just, I don't know, interesting there about how the approach of these different projects ends up defining the type of app that gets built.
0: Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> the, the, like CSS and JS, whatever. I'd, I'm sure I have an opinion out there somewhere, but it it does. it seems like another one of those, like we're solving a symptom that we just decided we're only writing JavaScript. You know, like the problem is we decided we're, not doing style sheets anymore, you know? And uh, I don't know, hot drama, hashtag don't flame me too much. I haven't thought this all through, but even like Tailwind, right? Like part of the reason <laughs> you use Tailwind because CSS and JS was so bad, Tailwind's great because I just don't even write CSS now, you know? Like And, you know, Tailwind has other utilities. Ha, <laughs> wink. But <laughs> I think, um, you know, but the whole thing is just, you know, I feel like part of Tailwind's popularity is probably because css and js was so bad and hard and stuff like that so
2: you know yeah, absolutely I mean. it solves the limitation that there is no way to add styles very easily in react I, how many times i had to import a css file in my component which isn't even really valid it's a webpackism to do that and then i have to like map mm. my component name in the totally separate file to make sure it matches the component the class name in this file yeah oh the like amount of gymnastics i had to do because react didn't give that primitive and then tailwind comes on it's like you don't even have to worry about that it's like yeah that is a solution to a problem a React developer has, for sure.
0: So it's fun. So, yeah, anyway, I'm just thinking about, like, what... As as this shift is happening and new features are coming to the platform and Astro's perfectly suited for all those use cases, I'm just starting to just wonder, like, like is uh, is a lot of the stuff we do just symptoms? Are we solving a symptom to a, an underlying problem or are we solving the actual problem? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's been interesting, too kind of brainstorm on that.
1: So Yeah, it turns, it turns out most of those CSS and JS libraries or CSS and React libraries, the good ones got switched over to a better model. So I do want to bring always bring that distinction is that there are some really good ones um, that just, they produce style sheets and then you use the style sheet. That's nice. That solves the entire issue. So my criticism is not leveraged at those. It's the ones that are like, I'm going to put all your CSS in your bundles. Yeah. (laughs) That's stupid. Exactly. I
2: I think, yeah, I think that's, but again, that's the React. It's just, it's something about the React, the culture of React, not even the, it's like the tech of React influences Mm -hmm. culture of React, which is like, who cares if your JS bundle is big? Like, that's not a problem that you need to worry about is kind of, I think, how the culture of React has evolved. Um, But then I think that gets to a certain point where then, And maybe this is where this kind of ties into the symptom versus the cause versus the like, as a result of that, people then start, well, but yeah, but my SEO is not terrible or my web, you know, all of a sudden Google's pushing web vitals and I need to really worry about that. So all of a sudden Astro becomes this inevitable solution to a symptom of a totally unrelated project, which is, okay, I want to keep this DX, but I want to build something that's actually performant. And then, yeah, I mean, is Astro then fixing a symptom or is it actually existing on its own merit? maybe the two are kind of i don't know related in a in a deeper way
0: well i mean i think is
2: you know starting out to just say
0: like hey i want to like the problem you're solving is island architecture from a more i guess like html forward standpoint right like so
1: let's drag fred into our faster conversation cuz i i think we brought him up and i can't remember as a show or two ago That there's the 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 word fast. I guess this comes from Dave's blog post about what it what it takes to build a new JavaScript framework. I don't know if you saw that, Fred. Probably hits a little close to home. You gotta have, you know, everything down to a VS Code plugin essentially, and you're inventing file formats. And you know, there's a lot to it, as you know. Uh, but one of, the, one of Dave's kind of, I don't know, tongue-in-cheek pokey-eddies was that you got to call it fast. Whatever you're building, you got to call it fast.
2: Blazing fast. Blazing fast.
1: Blazing fast. Blazing fast. And, you know, Astro <laughs> leans into this in a big way. Your logo's got a rocket on it. You hover over one of the divs on your homepage and stars start flying at you. It literally says build faster websites as the, the slogan. Astro's fast. It seems no... Mm, mystery to us, probably in this podcast, that what you're saying is that the website that you produce is fast for your users because you've compressed it into just HTML and HTML is just faster than HTML and a bundle of JavaScript mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. I kind of assume that's that's what you're saying, but that's not what other not's not what everybody
2: means all the time. So
1: just is that is that indeed what build faster websites means?
2: Yeah, yeah. Build. Uh, I think our slogan is build fast websites faster. That was always our. Uh, oh no, build faster websites. We, we simplified it. <laughs> drop the yeah. Drop the fast. That's um, too many words. <laughs> yeah, i you know we still struggle with this a lot. Like I'd say a certain audience loves the fact that Astro sites are just so much more slim. There's not the big JS payload. Everything is HTML by default, and you're opting into the islands. So that's like that will always be faster. You were always shipping less JS than something that was shipping all the JS, right. Then that will just always like by, by the laws of, of physics, that will always be faster. Um, so it's fun because we actually just like, will always have that. Like it's, it's impossible to kind of ignore that or pretend it doesn't exist. Like it's just this really kind of compelling hook because you can't talk your way around it. I think there's some audience that also just loves the DX and, you know, I'll just keep using that overusing that term, but like, the modern component syntax of, of working with components and, and props and all that fun stuff. Um, bringing that to the server has been really interesting. I think just like that's something else that people love. And that's not really speed. That's more like I feel productive using Astro. So how does that slot in? I, I think we're still figuring out what is the perfect message. But it changes. You know, every three months we get a new set of users and they have their new opinions that differ from the oldest guard of users. Like, right. it's very interesting as the project evolves, right, your message right. changes.
1: So there's so many, but you know, just to keep chasing that fast thread a little bit, what it could mean is this framework is fast because perhaps it's using Vite or, instead of Webpack or something. So the when I hit Command-S or Control-S or whatever, and the framework and build process needs to run, and then it needs to hot module reload or whatever it's going to do, that's fast. And... That that's, mm, is valid, too, although it has a hugely different meaning than builds fast websites. Because it, it could be that that's really slow into in something,
2: but it still builds fast websites. Wouldn't that be interesting? One of the greatest hypocrisies in like what the, in the history of web frameworks was, as all those stories of Gatsby having one hour plus build times were coming out, if you went to their marketing site, they said Astro, or sorry, Astro, Gatsby is the fastest web framework available. I always found that so funny. Like, they mean a very specific definition of fast, but I think people see fast and they kind of apply it to everything. And then if you're not backing up one of them, they think you're lying. Uh, to call an hour
1: build right. a
2: fast framework. We is, talked I
1: think, about it in our Discord a little bit. Well, somebody's like, well, what about fast for the for like the website content manager like can it be fast for someone to go from blog post to production like what's the user flow like of the website i built that was a pretty interesting definition mm-hmm, of fast mm-hmm. it could be like what are what are my deployment pipelines like like how, how you know if i have to run ci with this thing how fast
2: is that that one's interesting to me lately cuz yeah. I, I hate yeah, i don't know for if it's related CI. But also how green is your framework is such an interesting way to phrase it, which is, and in Jamstack, I actually think no one talks about this enough. If you're building your site from scratch, every time you make a single change, like that's an expensive CI that over the course of years is going to contribute, like, maybe not meaningfully CO2, but it's going to contribute some CO2 to the atmosphere, the cost of if you never built that site at all versus doing that. Um,
1: I kind of wish Netlify Wifi would say, we keep your builds for six months or something. That always <laughs> freaks me out that they're they're forever. I'm like, oh, yes, I really don't right. need my ninth build on January 7th of 2017. You can really yeah. delete that one. That one's fine. <laughs> Speaking of them, though, I'm curious, You know, because you brought up Gatsby, and I just brought up Netlify. What do you think? We have no insider knowledge on this at all. Why the hell would they buy Gatsby?
2: You know what? I I think people <laughs> have this impression that like companies are just reaching out, like every framework is getting acquired. I will say this, no one's ever reached out to Astro about like yeah. where's our big payday all right? Come on, yeah, I want, I want on. the AWS, GitHub, Microsoft, bidding war. Of, You'll be shocked Astro at how <laughs> few emails I get about companies <laughs> yes. wanting to buy me. Yes, but meanwhile you look at like, oh my god, I guess I guess everyone's acquiring Gatsby now and, and remix and Ooh. yeah.
0: Oh, we lost him. Oh, hey, blooper. Uh, edit. Uh, Fred dropped off. Hopefully his house is okay. So uh, we will uh, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe if he gets back on, we can clean up the show, but I uh, just want to say thanks to Fred and Astro uh, for coming on the show. Uh, astro.build is where you go to find out that information. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show. I think we still have a Twitter. We should probably do a mask on, but we haven't figured that out yet. And then, um, yeah, join us um, in the Discord, patreon.com slash Show. Chris, you got anything else you like to
1: say? Shoptalkshow.com.